0: Welcome to the new 24-Minute Bible Podcast, where each week we seek to understand the practical truths of the Bible and how they can change our lives. And now, here's your podcast host, Pastor Mark Miner. Hey, thank you so much for joining me today on the 24-Minute Bible Podcast. I want to jump right into our topic, our discussion today. It's It's a hot topic. It's a biblical topic. It's an important topic. And we're going to be talking about the Bible and the culture of division. The culture of division. And what does the Bible say, for example, about all the difficulties that we experience in the world today concerning, for example, the hot button topic of diversity? Or we could talk about racial issues, all those things that tend to divide us. So, uh, today in this episode, uh, I I want to just uh, give you some biblical understanding, Uh, not so much for the political side. Although it does get political, the Bible is a political book. So uh, understand that when you make decisions, you're going to divide people, and Jesus taught us that. Uh, as as uh, believers, if you're a believer in Christ, if you're just listening, the Bible certainly does deal with those divisions, but we want to get a true perspective, not CNN's perspective, not Fox's perspective, not some political party's perspective, but as uh, on this podcast that my goal, my heart, is to help us understand the Bible's perspective, God's perspective, and Uh, So I I want to try to parse out some of that for you today, uh, because it is a hot topic. It's an important thing. Uh, You've heard the phrase, perhaps, can't we all just get along? Well, no, not really. We can't. And I'm not saying that uh, it's okay if we fuss and feud, uh, which ultimately is going to break out into wars and bloodshed and death. I am saying, though, that it is inevitable. But the Bible also gives us some very practical and understandable reasons for this division of culture, this struggle that humanity has had for uh, the last six millennia uh, of our existence here on planet Earth. So that's the topic of this podcast. Uh, We've had thousands of years of human history that undeniably, indisputably validates one human experience people are going to fight and divide. That is inevitable with our human existence today, but but why? Why? Does the Bible give us any insights, any reason to explain why we don't get along? Why over the millennia have we separated into groups and tribes and clans and nations? Why has man killed his brother with such frequency and efficiency? Well, in this episode, episode 130 of the 24-Minute Bible Podcast, we're going to look at four biblical truths, practical truths that run throughout the the Word that I think will help us to at least understand uh, and maybe even explain this mess that we have made of our relationships. Now, we're going to look at four different particular things, events that happen in the Bible. But before even I get to that, uh, we know even in our own life, some of the things that divide us, certainly money has been that. There's the haves and the have-nots through the years, a Robin Hood sort of philosophy there. There's also status. Some people have jobs that are perhaps white-collar jobs or very wealthy, uh, well-to-do jobs. Other people are more blue-collar, uh, just the, the down and the, the salt of the earth, the, the people who are doing the down and dirty. I thank the Lord for them, by the way. We, we need all of those jobs. And then there's this issue of geography. And geography, mountains and rivers, uh, deserts divide us. So there are all those different entities that are of a physical sort of nature that we understand in our culture. But what does the Bible have to say? about some of the things that have divided and continue and will continue to divide us in many ways. Although it is our goal, uh, if you are a student of the Word, if you are a follower of uh, the Messiah Jesus, our goal is to present a way to bring people together. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. And so we are called to be peacemakers, even though we don't always have to agree with what everybody is saying. We certainly don't compromise our belief system, yet there still is this, uh, this uh, word from, from the Lord and the Beatitudes that we are to bring peace wherever we go. What has caused the diversity? And therefore, all of the, the, the maladies that come from that diversity ultimately ending, of course, in wars and, and uh, so many tragedies that have taken place on planet Earth. Well, let's look at four different events that happened in the Bible uh, as we cover this subject today of the Bible and a culture of division a problem with diversity, if you will. Let's look at number one, uh, understand this. I, I think this is so uh, germane to every discussion. Look, folks, my, my, my secular degree is, on, is in psychology, educational psychology. Not saying that that's a big deal. A lot of people have that degree, but that's where my focus has been, to seek to understand human behavior but I always seek to understand human behavior, not from Freud or Carl Rogers or Eric Erickson or some of those philosophers and those theorists out there. Uh, my, my philosophy book ultimately is the Bible because if I want to fix something, I want to go and get the book of the person or the company that made it. If I'm going to fix a Ford, I want a Ford manual. If I'm going to fix a Chevy, I want a Chevy manual. Well, I want to fix humanity, so I'm going to the Bible because God created humanity. And that's what we see in Genesis 1 and Genesis 2, those accounts of, of uh, literal, I believe, of Adam and Eve. <clears throat> Excuse me. But then we come to Genesis 3. And in Genesis 3, uh, we, we see a, a very unique picture. Adam and Eve were in complete fellowship. They were experiencing peace at every level of relationship. The relationship between God and man was perfect as God walked in the garden with Adam and Eve, the Bible says. The relationship between Adam and Eve, the marriage, the first marriage, the first couple was perfect and they enjoyed each other's fellowship and each other's company. And the relationship between mankind and the plant and animal kingdom, the ecology, if you will, of the world was perfect. Uh, As Adam and Eve walked among the animals without fear, named them, uh, probably had some very unique ways of communicating with them that we perhaps don't have today. Uh, So that relationship was perfect. Body, soul, and spirit, all were at peace. Then sin. Now the entrance of sin and sin being a rebellion against God, we could enumerate different things that are sin. We, of course, understand that Adam and Eve disobeyed God by eating of the fruit of the tree. It probably wasn't an apple, maybe a pomegranate, maybe certainly it was a lemon because of all the things that have happened. But, but because of that decision to disregard God, that was the original sin. The entrance of sin into the planet changed everything. The relationship between God and man was broken, and we see that as man now is hiding from God. The relationship uh, between mankind and the animal kingdom was no longer at peace, as man is now killing animals for food, and the animals, according to Genesis uh, 8, 9, and 10, after the flood especially, animals feared and even attacked mankind. But most importantly, the focus of this podcast is the relationship between man and man. Man is no longer at peace with man. We see it with the first couple, the first marriage, Adam and Eve. Uh, They accused and blamed one another in Genesis 3. They covered their spiritual nakedness, their physical nakedness too, but that was just indicative of how embarrassed and afraid, perhaps ashamed, certainly, uh, they, they were wanting to hide themselves because they were now very vulnerable. And of course, shortly thereafter, in at least uh, a few years, uh, Brother would become jealous, envious, and downright furious with, with another brother. And Cain would kill Abel, the very first murder on planet Earth. And over what? Fruits and vegetables, folks. Right from the beginning of sin, we see division. It's the new normal for humanity. And it only gets worse. Adam and Eve lose their remaining son. Remember, Cain kills Abel, so now we have the first murder. Abel's dead. But what also happens is that Cain, because of his crime, is removed, cast out of the garden. He becomes a wanderer all of his life, kicked out of the house, if you will. So as tragic as Cain's crime was, it must have broken his mother's heart because now she's lost two sons. She's lost Abel, and now Cain is gone. But it only gets worse from there. While the Bible does not explicitly state this, we surmise, I do anyway, that not only was Cain excluded from Eve's family gatherings, but Adam and Eve lost a daughter too since the Bible tells us that Cain and his wife journeyed away from Eden. Now, we understand that during that period of time, the Bible doesn't give us all the names of Adam and Eve's children, but it says they had daughters and brothers, married sisters, uh, as uh, they happened uh, throughout numerous places in the Bible. It still happens in some cultures today, in fact. But Cain and his sister, which would have been Eve's daughter, are now removed from the family gathering. They journey away from Eden to start a family and build a city. And of course, there were probably grandkids. Well, there are no probably about it. There were grandkids born to this uh, family of Cain and Cain's sister or Eve's daughter. And uh, grandkids that Eve never got to see, probably. All because of sin. So I'm just trying to extrapolate this out for a moment, simply to help us understand that from the very beginning. From the advent of sin, there was brokenness, there was loss, there was disenfranchisement, there was division. The advent of sin into the mind and souls of human brought humanity brought about a cesspool of hurt and harm and division, hatred, anger, bitterness, selfishness, and jealousy led to cheating and stealing and threatening and assault and murder leading to choices and sides and justifications for launching full scale wars against those we choose to exclude. You get the picture? But it all started because of sin. The societal and cultural divisions we now experience have all grown out of this original sin of our parents. And that is point number one, the sins of our parents. Adam and Eve, we carry within our DNA that brokenness and it shows itself In so many ugly ways in the relationships that we have in humanity. The Bible says in the book Ecclesiastes there's nothing new under the sun and my friends there isn't. People have always been people. We haven't changed since the day of the fall until this very second. Hearts are broken, relationships are lost, lives are ended, and it will not change until the Lord returns. So one of the reasons for division is this DNA that we carry within us from our parents, the sins of our parents. look Look at a second reason that the Bible gives for the brokenness of this world and for the divisions that we see in our culture to this very moment. That second point would be the redistribution of humanity. A second practical truth from the Bible To help us explain the cultural mess that we see today is the redistribution of humanity. Now, what am I talking about? Well, uh, after the flood, according to the Bible, Genesis chapter 6 is the flood, 7 and 8, the, the exploits of the family afterwards. But after the flood, we see three families that are left to replenish the planet Earth. There was Shem and his wife, Mrs. Shem. There was Ham and Mrs. Ham, and there was Japheth, and Mrs. Japheth. Now, what happens between these brothers and, these, and their spouses uh, after spending uh, a year together in the boat? Well, what do you think would happen if you had been cooped up in a boat in a stressful situation over, with over a year uh, with these three families? Well, uh, as the Bible tells us, they go their separate ways. That only makes sense. They want to explore this new and changed world. And and then, as the Bible explicitly documents, they begin to have children. And these children, now living far away from their cousins, begin to have children. Uh, So what you see here, uh, according to the Bible, as we think about it, the redistribution of humanity following the flood. uh, In other words, we have... uh, families, three different families that are separated from each other and they are, uh, and I hate to use this term, but I'm going to use it anyway, interbreeding among themselves uh, so that certain character traits become dominant. Uh, forgive me. I know it's a poor analogy, but let's let's talk about breeding dogs for a minute. If you have poodles and you put poodles with poodles and you breed poodles, you're going to get a, a more uh, you're going to get poodles and you're going to get characteristics simply that that are dominant in that type of dog. The same thing with collies. If you breed collies with collies, this quote purebred sort of thing. Well, the characteristics of the collie uh, are going to become very. Uh, dominant, very uh, foremost, and cardinal in the lives of the Collies, and the same thing with Dalmatians. I could go on and on with the different breeds of dogs. What I'm saying, though, is that's what happens with the human gene pool, too. Mr. and Mrs. Shem went one direction, and uh, they uh, became, uh, they went to the east, actually, and they became the Shemitic people, The characteristics of Mr. and Mrs. Ham, as they had children, and their children had children, and their children's children, and on down the line, as they were separated from their other brothers, Ham, Shem, and Japheth, as they became separated, the Hamitic people uh, were conceived or uh, were bred, if you will, if I can use that term. The same thing is true with Mr. and Mrs. Japheth. They became the Japheth, or we sometimes call them the Caucasian people. Uh, As Charles Darwin said, and he was correct in this, and as he went to the Galapagos Islands, and he found that because that island was an island and the the breeding took place within the characteristics of the animals on that island, there were certain traits that developed that were not found on the mainland in South America or in some of the other places, the continents, if you will, because the gene pool was so uh, concise and constricted. Well, that's what happened. That really is, in a very simplistic, probably oversimplistic way, but that's how we became who we are. The Bible gives us a very uh, explicit, a very uh, defined understanding of humanity that it came, the repopulation of planet Earth came because of these three seedbeds of humanity. Shem went east toward Iran and Iraq. Uh, away from his brothers and their children and the Shemitic people uh, and they and they were the Shemitic people and uh, the people tribes and groups uh, We sometimes quantify them as the olive skinned people uh, were born Ham went south and west the Bible tells us and even uh, sociologists tell us this Uh, and their families began to populate what we might call the Middle East and especially on down into Africa where their skin color was predominantly dark or black. And Japheth migrated north and west toward the Caucasus Mountains, crossing the Caucasus Mountains into what we know now as Europe and Northern Asia. And these tribes and these people became known as the Caucasians or the white-skinned people. Being different and being separate always promotes different societies and cultures. And, of course, what happens? Well, we want to be around people who are, quote, like us and are often threatened by those who aren't like us. You got the picture again? Uh, So we now see a lot of the reasons, the rationales, for why we have such turmoil on planet Earth. It's been well over 4,000 years since the flood. Uh, Not all sociologists and ethnologists Agree with this totally and again, it is an oversimplification, but the Bible gives us a traceable truth these different groups these different people groups tribes that became nations the different localities and their different character traits have caused mankind to divide into hundreds of different people groups Uh, One quick quote there, or one quick thought before I go to to the third and fourth one quickly here. The Bible doesn't talk about race. In fact, the word race is really a recent construct from the 17-1800s. We hear a lot about racial truth or racial groups. The Bible talks about ethnicities, and it uses the word ethos as uh, the word for ethnicities. But the Bible doesn't talk about skin color. Uh, Much at all, because in the Middle East, there were all sorts of skin cultures. And it was not really a, quote, big deal as it has become in our culture today. So the Bible doesn't really deal with races in the sense of coloration. It deals with behaviors. It deals with where people group came from and uh, a lot of other character traits that are divisive among people. So when we hear the racial strife today, uh, really that's not a biblical understanding. It is more about the ethnicities, not about the races. Let's continue on for a moment. The third uh, biblical event that caused such a culture of division happened in uh, Genesis uh, chapter 11. And it's called the Tower of Babel. The languages of Babel is number three. Perhaps no other biblical factor explains the birthing of the different culture groups than this event in Genesis 11, the Tower of Babel. Let me read to you a passage of scripture found in Genesis eleven six, 6, uh, and it says this, and the Lord said, if they have begun to do all this as one people, he's talking about the people who are on earth, this smaller group of people, hundreds, perhaps thousands of people at the time that were building a tower to protect themselves, to enshrine themselves in a sense as God. And they didn't want to be divided. They didn't want God to judge them. So they began to build this tower. <coughs> Excuse me. And here's again what the scripture says. If they had begun to do this as one people, all having the same, same language, then nothing they planned will be impossible for them. Come. Let's go down and confuse their language so that they will not understand one another's speech. And that's exactly what God did. He sent in some form or fashion, some way, uh, a confusing spirit, a way to uh, somehow confound the languages of the people. And from that moment on, history was tremendously changed. I'm sure you've experienced walking through an airport perhaps standing in a line at a grocery store, uh, and uh, in some form or fashion, uh, you've experienced this, I'm, I'm confident, a group of people are conversing in a language that you do not know. I don't know what your first reaction is, but my first reaction is, uh, I wonder what they're talking about. They're probably talking about me. And of course, from that, my mind immediately jumps to suspicions because I wonder if they're making fun of me or plotting against me. You see, nothing separates people more than a language barrier. Uh, And and if you cannot understand one another, if we don't understand the people that we're around, our default, our brokenness in our humanity is to think negative, not positive. In this world today, there are over 7,000 different spoken languages. English happens to be the most popular at 1.5 billion. Next is Mandarin Chinese at 1.1 billion. Hindi, uh, which is the language of many Indians of the country of India, uh, spoken about 600 million. Spanish is fourth at 550 million. None of that really matters though. The important thing is if we can't understand each other, there's going to be division for me. Uh, the frustration of language barrier was never more evident than a trip that I took many years ago to the country of Turkey. Being part of an international large group, I think there were 70 of us total, uh, an international traveling group we divided uh, and went throughout the country of Turkey. I happened to be one of the leaders of one of those groups. It sounded like fun at the outset, but I want to tell you, the practical problem of language became absolutely evident right off the bat. In my group, uh, and I was, I only speak English. I was the de facto leader of the group. But in my group, there were people from Poland, Romania, Azerbaijan, Germany, and England. And I couldn't understand some of the English people sometimes as we, and we were traveling in the country of Turkey, which was a whole different language in and of itself. Needless to say, it was a nightmare just to decide where we were going to eat as a group or giving out the itinerary for the morning. I was never more happy than to come home to the United States where my language was, for me of course, totally calm. But you understand how difficult it becomes when the language barriers are there. The explosion of different languages caused in Genesis 11, uh, caused by God, but that has done more to separate humanity than any other factor I think uh, in the history of the human race. Lastly, one other thing, that uh, just to factor in here in these last couple of minutes, and that is the, the behaviors, the battle of behaviors. Every culture places values on certain behaviors that it accepts, and also on those that it rejects. The Jews have certainly experienced this reality as they worship on Saturdays, they refuse to eat pork, uh, therefore, they adhere to all these kind of strange laws to many people, uh, and many cultures find the, the, the Jews ridiculous uh, in their uh, behaviors. Or think of it, if you're here in the States, uh, think of the Amish who drive horse-driven uh, carriages rather than cars and trucks, who don't have any electricity in their house. Now, uh, these are odd and eccentric practices, but they, they do simply divide. They, they do serve to divide people, too. Uh, in our world today. So there are many things that are behavioral that divide us. And not just in those eccentric sort of behaviors in our culture today, we are seeing behaviors that divide us in a very real way. For example, uh, there are those in our culture and belief system that will not recognize homosexuality as an acceptable lifestyle because of their faith-based uh, reality and and therefore, over the last few years, we've seen a lot of uh, uh, division over that issue. Or how about the last three years, as I stand here recording this right now, of people who have fought over whether to take the 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 COVID vaccine or not, whether to adopt the practices of the government in a sense forced upon people. There have been individuals who have lost their jobs, who have lost opportunities who have found families and friends separated over this issue. It's a behavioral issue. There have been doctors as well who have been, uh, who will not recommend abortions and governments who are forcing them to try to do that. Teachers who do not accept the theory of evolution, and yet they are forced in some instances to uh, have to teach it. There are parents uh, who discipline their children, perhaps with spanking or some things like that, that are thought to be out of the mainstream and perhaps even risk having their children taken away from them. All of those are behavioral issues, and there's so many more. They are dividing lines, but these dividing lines have real life consequences, and these are going to become more, not less, in this world and society that we live in. Let me close Uh, This uh, podcast on the culture of division with a verse out of Revelation chapter 5. It's Jesus, it's talking about Jesus, and it simply says this You, Jesus, were worthy to take the scroll and open up its seals because you were slain. And here's the line I want you to hear And you purchased people for God by your blood from every tribe every language, every people, and every nation. Galatians 3:28 says that in Christ there is no male or female, no Jew or Greek, no slave or free. We are all one in Christ. As I close this podcast, I would simply say to you today that if we're going to ever become one, if those cultural gaps, very real though they are, are ever going to be bridged, I believe, It's going to come about because of an understanding of the Bible and even more deeply because of a personal relationship with Jesus who claims to be the Christ of the world. Hey, thank you for taking part. Thank you for listening uh, for these minutes. Hope you've enjoyed it. Hope it made some sense. Look forward so much to seeing you again on the next episode of the 24-Minute Bible Podcast. Thank you so much for listening to the 24-Minute Bible Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and look forward to continuing this journey to understanding the Bible, please subscribe to our channel. And if you would be so kind, share it with your friends who might enjoy it. We would also love it if you would leave us a review. It really does help us. Join us next week for another episode as we work our way through the Bible book by book. Have a blessed week.